Sometimes you just want the quick facts. No opinions, no speculation. I'm Claire Thornton, an audio editor with USA Today. My team works around the clock to bring you the Five Things podcast. Every morning, me and my co-host Taylor Wilson help you know what to keep an eye out for that day. We always have a fresh mix of stories, from politics to entertainment to sports, covering all parts of the country. On Sundays, you can lean back with in-depth episodes about stories you may have heard earlier that week. Go to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your favorite shows and start listening to Five Things today. In the great halls of USA Today, we assemble the newsroom's mightiest nerds. Brett Molina. I'm so sorry for the producer of this podcast. <laughs> Kelly Lawler. I will fight you on it. Brian Truitt. Spoiler town! <laughs> Together, they form The Mothership. Their mission? To harness their collective encyclopedic knowledge of nerdiness in all its forms. To dissect every trailer, plot twist, and game released for the geekiest of fans. The Mothership, saving the universe from bad comic book adaptations every Friday. All aboard the Mothership, the Geek Culture Podcast from the USA Today Network. Thanks so much for joining us, and happy Friday, friends. Happy Friday. Let's meet the crew. I'm Brett Molina. I play video games. And what's been getting me through this week is a TV show called Airplane Repo. It um, is airing on Discovery, and it was part of Discovery Plus, which is their new streaming service. And it's a show that's been out for a while, and I had never caught on to it until recently. My wife actually got me hooked on it. It's basically a show about people who work in the airplane repossession business. Um What's different, though, is instead of like car repos where, you know, someone just comes to your house with like a tow truck and takes your car when you're not making your payments on time, these people go and basically jack airplanes and <laughs> get them back to the bank. So because the owners aren't paying whatever bills they have for their airplanes. So it's kind of wild because you see um, the show follows these three different groups that are doing airplane repos. and a lot of the episodes are basically just like airplane heists. It's pretty wild. Like they had one where a couple guys were getting into a hangar and they had to go in and very quietly take this jet before the owner found out. Um, there was one where the, the guy was trying to basically snag a helicopter that the owner had buried under all this tarp. So he literally had to sneak onto his property and like make sure the helicopter worked and could fly. And then he flew it out and it's just really good and intense. I think there were some reports about how legit this show was. I really don't care because it's fun and it's awesome. And it is the break I have needed for these last couple of weeks. I am Brian Truitt. I watch movies and I don't I don't know if I've talked about it here, but kind of what's getting me through this week is watching my daughter, eight year old daughter, watch professional wrestling. Um, I got into wrestling when I was, uh, I was like 85. I was about nine. I was, I was just a little bit older than she is. And, um, but like, so we, she saw me playing this wrestling game on, play, on PS5, Battle, WWE Battlegrounds, and she wanted to play. So she started playing, got to know some of the characters. So she, so she wanted to watch actual professional wrestling. 
she actually sat through like women's Royal Rumble, which was like an hour, like very, very interested in everything else was going on. I had to explain to her like who's good and who's bad and like how the bad guys have sometimes been good guys and vice versa and like how everybody's nice in real life. And it's, it's just, been, it's been really sweet kind of watching her kind of like just what, you know, just get into it and watch it, you know, watching the characters being interested in people like Becky Lynch. And even though she's like on paternity leave, she keeps wondering when, you know, she keeps wondering when she's going to be back and she likes Oscar and she likes Alexa bliss because she threw a fireball in Randy Orton's face. It's kind of fun. Just, you know, I don't, my dad introduced me to professional wrestling and we used to watch it. And, you know, it was very much kind of like us just kind of watching quietly, but she's very, she's very engaged and wants to ask questions about it and everything. And it's, it's, it's been really fun to kind of, she doesn't like star Wars at all, but like she, she digs wrestling. So we, we actually, we have that in common now. It's funny. You say that like not too long ago, I introduced my son to wrestling, but I, I was nervous about the modern stuff, so I introduced him to WrestleMania 3, which mm-hmm. was Hulk Hogan and Andre the Giant. So I've had him watch that match on YouTube, and it's, he is completely fascinated. And the moment he saw Hulk pick up Andre the Giant and slam him, he was just like, oh, my gosh, <laughs> and freaked out. So since then, he has been very fascinated by it. I will only show him that one match because it's the only one I can think of for his age that's appropriate. Right, but yeah. I... The, the millisecond I can show him wrestling, I am showing him wrestling. I cannot wait. She, she doesn't, she doesn't really, I mean, she kind of like, like she likes Macho Man in the, in the, in the video game. And I have not had the, like the, <laughs> I have not really told her that he's dead yet. I really don't want to go there. Um, but she, you know, she really doesn't seem to have, you know, she'll watch like the men wrestle, but she's really interested in the women. She's really interested in, you know, who's kind, and who's who's supposed to be bad in general kind of dealing with that it's just like you know in real life wanting to find out about good people and like civil rights heroes and those those are things that interest her people who do good and you know are heroes in real life so i think she she finds it interesting that it's that it's in this weird very colorful over the top wrestling world and she i think she's interested in the fact of like that sometimes good people can turn bad and bad people turn good, which is, you know, that's a very big metaphor in general, but I think she finds it fascinating. You've been listening to this week of kids and wrestling pod. Thanks for joining (laughs) us. (laughs) Let's get to it before we start going off the the tracks here. Uh, If this is your first time listening, welcome new episodes of the mothership drop every Friday and you can subscribe for free on Apple podcasts or wherever else you like to listen. While you're on Apple Podcasts, it would be awesome if you could write a quick review about the show. By doing that, you help other fans who love nerdy pop culture find us. But as a bonus, you get a special shout out on the next episode. By the way, shout out to WVU Mush, who writes great podcasts, still enjoying the show. Thank you so much. We really appreciate it. See, this is what happens. Good stuff. Try it out. Tell us what you want to see from the show moving forward. And don't forget, along with leaving a review, you can get in touch with us on Twitter. We're at Mothership Pod, or you can email MothershipPod at usatoday.com. On to the main topic. Here's a clip. We now have first-person intel from inside the Westview anomaly. What are we looking at here? Is it an alternate reality, time travel? It's a sitcom. Starring two Avengers? Well, I know the apron is a bit much, dear, but I am doing my best to blend in. 
That was from the Disney Plus series WandaVision. You have likely heard us talk about this before. We had an episode not too long ago where we broke down the first two episodes of the new series that's based on the Marvel Cinematic Universe. But a lot has happened since then, and that's what we're going to talk about. Before we even dig into this, I want to warn everybody listening right now that we are going to spoil very big moments in the show to the point where it's probably going to ruin the show. If you have not watched it, do not listen to this. Go watch it and then come back and listen. If you have already watched and you already know what's going on, here we go. The spoilers are off starting now. So let's start with the end of the of episode five, I believe, which is where we see Scarlet Witch open her door and she sees Pietro, her brother, only it is the Pietro played by Evan Peters, who a lot of us know as the version of Quicksilver that appeared in the X-Men movies that were once owned by Fox. So... Obviously, everybody is amped up about this. It's a big deal. It's very exciting. Brian, what was your reaction when you saw Evan Peters? I was not surprised because I think I think you know they've been setting up the fact of like since you know episode four and then episode five, and then you know the fact that it, that the show is strongly connected to Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. They've been hinting at the fact of there's a multiverse coming. They you know and and it got hinted at in the previous phase of, of Marvel movies and, and, you know, in the last Spider-Man and, you know, we have the fact of like, now it's coming, kind of coming to fruition with, with Wanda who can like, you know, who's magical enough and powerful enough to really alter reality. Maybe not just hers, but other realities. So, you know, and, and she's, Pietro has been mentioned in the, in the show before, I think it was previous episode where where uh, Monica Rambo, who was under you know was kind of undercover, kind of trapped in the sitcom world, and she had mentioned that Pietro got killed by by Age of Ultron by Ultron in Age of Ultron. That was the Pietro played by Aaron Taylor Johnson, who you know who was her brother. Um, so so it was a, it, we we knew something was probably going to happen with Pietro. It's interesting that it's Evan Peters though, because now this opens up the again opens up the the fact of there there's a multiverse he is the only pietro still alive in the quote-unquote multiverse i guess that that could be one reason for for bringing him in and and darcy even makes the makes the comment she recast him which was kind of a meta a me, kind of a nice meta moment just in in the overall marvel universe and i think going forward we could see even more people show up and I think this, this this opens up the thing to like you know we've we've heard maybe there's several other Spider Men in the next Spider Man movie. The fact of like you know Doctor Octopus from the Tobey Maguire movies, Electro from the Andrew Garfield movies. They apparently may have roles in this new Spider Man. So the fact of like the coming stuff in the MCU is going to go very much into the multiverse. And I think Pietro is the first example of that because we've been wondering too how how the x-men are going to be introduced to this world 
And, you know, we've just assumed, well, you know, maybe maybe they talk about a mutant and it's it's a very kind of gradual thing throughout the movies. But maybe this is what they do. Boom. You know, we're just going to, you know, everything's a multiverse and the, the people from the X-Men movies can show up now in the MCU because of that. This little, you know, multiversal caveat. It's funny because a couple days, I think, before the episode aired, there was this article that got passed around on social media that I think it was off an interview with Elizabeth Olsen, who plays Wanda. And she talked about how I, the, the, the story basically suggested Elizabeth Olsen was talking about this cameo that was coming up on the show. And she said that it's as big as Luke Skywalker appearing in the Mandalorian. And so I read that and I was like, Oh my God. And my first instinct was, okay, this has to be mutant related because that's the only way it could even get close to what happened with Luke Skywalker. Um, but I still was hesitant. I thought, okay, this is going to be Dr. Strange. They're going to do something. It's they're selling it to be something else, but it's going to be, I just feel like it's going to be a letdown because you've kind of let this little cat out of the bag. And it just feels like there's a letdown coming. But when I saw Evan Peters, I was genuinely surprised because I, first off, I think it was a smart pivot to go with him in that direction. Mm -hmm. But also um, I just, I, I think I was trying to measure my expectations on when we get the first taste of maybe mutants making an appearance in this universe. And then more importantly, X-Men making an appearance in this universe. So seeing that obviously has gotten my hopes up quite a bit. Now I don't, my next big question is, you know, how far are they going to go with this and how many more seeds do they plant toward the end of this series? Is this just a, we have Pietro here and that's just kind of a sprinkle. And then maybe there's a, the Doctor Strange movies where we get into it more or do they let a little more out? So that's what I'm kind of waiting on right now is how do they approach this? Everything with mutants being in this universe. Is it just, we get a little dab right now and then there's movies and TV shows that get to it later or do they, are we going to get more of this basically in the next couple episodes? I hope that this is just a sprinkle. I hope, you know, I, I I did read that thing about Elizabeth Olsen's quote about, you know, the Luke Skywalker woman. I don't think this was it. I think it's coming down the pike where maybe, you know, it's Tony, maybe Tony Stark shows up, maybe Captain America shows up. I, I feel like that's going to be more. I don't think Pietro, you know, I like Evan Peters is Quicksilver. I don't think he's like worthy of a Luke Skywalker moment. I feel like that's, there's going to be something bigger happening, but in terms of all the, the mutant of it all, I feel like don't, don't give it all away now. I mean, I think this is a perfect sprinkle because now you can like, people are going to theorize like us, you know, about what this means, you know, for, for X-Men down the line, you know, don't bring back, you know, Hugh Jackman and Alexander's ship is a storm. And, you know, I don't want to see it go whole hog yet. I, I feel like that, you know, this is perfect, a perfect tease to what they could do later but don't do any more. Just keep it now. Just keep it within the MCU and building out what it, what is going to happen to Wanda after this show. Does she become a villain? Does she become kind of a Thanos like figure where, you know, she's, she's a, you know, Asian chaos and she's, you know, she's stirring the pot and, you know, and people got to stop her from, from wrecking stuff. Exactly. The other cool thing about having Evan Peters is you also set the stage for the newer wave of X-Men cast 
to be part of this as opposed to, because my first instinct was, you know, Hugh Jackman maybe comes back as Wolverine, but then it's like, well, what happens to some of the other older actors who are playing those characters? But then it clicked that a lot of those characters have now been recast with uh, that next trilogy of X-Men movies that came out. Um, so I'm looking forward to seeing them come back and resurrected like the Phoenix in some form in these movies. Hopefully um, not the Phoenix again. <laughs> no. Oh dear God, not no, the movie. Not the no more. No more Phoenix. Maybe they Over go to two so far. <laughs> maybe they go to a universe where none of that ever happens. So and we can just reset completely. Well, and um, that's the smart thing they can do, though. I mean, you know, I, I think you know, of all the X-Men characters, I feel like you know, Evan Peters' Pietro really was like a lot better than like a lot, you know, the pick for Cyclops and the pick for some of these other people. So I feel like if you, you could bring him in, but then maybe bring in the Cyclops from another multiverse or bring it, you know, and if you need Hugh Jackman, he's there, fine, you know, whatever. But or or maybe you bring in like, you know, X23 from some multiverse or, you know, I, I feel like if it's very much like the DC, the DC world where, you know, you have so many herbs and you can pull from them and they, and they have in like the, you know, especially the TV show, the recent TV shows, I feel like you could almost do that with the Marvel, maybe not as crazy, but you know, do it with the Marvel stuff and bring in like maybe a few people from X-Men, the X-Men movies, but then recast other ones and then, them them come from some other world we don't know yet. So let's get to the other big question with WandaVision, because obviously we've talked a lot about the X-Men angle here. But the other big question is, who is Agnes, who is Catherine Hahn's character in the show? She plays the neighbor that always pops in. There was an interesting moment during the last episode where she was they're going through a situation where both babies are crying. And it sounds like Wanda flubs a line or something or Vision flubs a line. And Agnes basically asks Wanda if she wants to start the line over. And it was kind of a weird thing because you can't tell if she's just playing along so that Wanda doesn't expel her from whatever this little world is she's created, or does she have some sort of control over what's happening? Maybe it's not Wanda in control after all. Um, what do you think's going on with Agnes? That's a hard thing. I mean, I think, I think people have talked about, you know, she may be being like Agatha Harkness from, from the comic books in terms of, of manipulation and, you know, of, you know, especially of, of the bigger Scarlet Witch vision mythology with the kids and everything else that's possible, you know, and, you know, she's another witch that's been added to, to the, to the mix. I don't know. They could go either way. I I think, I I don't know if I, I think I'd rather see it just be, you know, like she's just another person being manipulated by, by by wanda and have wanda be that person who's just kind of out of control and she's just going to a very bad place rather than someone's manipulating wanda into doing all this because i don't feel that's as organic as as you know just the corrupting power of of magic or something you know what i mean yeah i feel like i would rather see her be kind of almost be nobody you know just be like a supporting cast member rather than her being like, you know, some mastermind. I mean, part of me liked the idea of Wanda as someone who's grieving and she's grieving so mm-hmm. much that this is what's happening and she's just so overcome. And I find that to be really interesting, an interesting part of this and an interesting perspective. 
But at the same time, I would not be surprised if Agnes is somehow masterminding a lot of this so that Wanda is still kind of the hero type and she's being manipulated. There's also seems to be other clues and stuff too. Like there, you know, we talk a lot about vision and how, you know, this is this, is this visions like body being used in this world. And he's just kind of brought back to life for whatever this is. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think they talked about at one point, like he, he didn't want to be resurrected because it was in his will. And so then you get to thinking, well, why would Wanda violate something that personal? And it then starts to make more sense. Well, maybe she's not really in control of everything, but I do agree. I do feel like her grieving and this was the result seems more interesting than, oh, there's another puppet master person that's kind of manipulating everything. Right. And I, I think the beauty of, of the first of the infinity saga was the fact of like Thanos was the big bad manipulating thing. I mean, obviously every, every hero and every movie had their own specific villains, but there was one overall reaching big bad and they're bringing Kang the conqueror in the next round of, of upcoming movies in Ant-Man. If they use Kang to his potential, he is a Thanos level threat, you know, with his way of manipulating time and everything. And perhaps Kang is somehow involved here because, you know, he's going to be played by Jonathan Major, so we already know he has a role to play. Um, but I, I don't know if you if you want to, like, put, like, some other large puppet master in there that then goes into, like, Doctor Strange and then may also go into to the new Spider-Man movie. I would hate it if it were, but I feel like there'd be too many puppet masters is rather just have one big bad per per saga. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, okay, listeners, it's your turn. What did you think of the last episode of WandaVision? Uh, are you excited about what's to come? Let's talk about it on Twitter. You can find us at Mothership Pod, or you can tweet at us directly. I'm at Brett Molina 23 I'm at Brian Truitt. Don't forget, you can email us too. We're at MothershipPod at USAToday.com. That'll do it this week. Thanks so much for listening. Special thanks to our pilot slash producer, Natalie Boyd. If you like the podcast and don't want to miss an episode moving forward, you can subscribe for free on Apple Podcasts. And while you're there, leave us a rating or a review. It helps other people find the show and we get great feedback. If Apple Podcasts isn't your thing, you can find us on Spotify, Stitcher, pretty much anywhere you listen to podcasts. Until next week, nerds out. Later. Later.